SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. While the African Capacity Building Foundation is an African Union specialized agency and it will be holding its annual Board of Governors meeting. Now this body made up of finance ministers from the AU member states will be looking at the impact of COVID-19 on the continent. It's among other things that they'll be exploring. Professor Emmanuel Nandosi joins me now. Professor Nandosi, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Part of the global conversation right now where the continent and COVID-19 are concerned has been how economies have been affected, economies in Africa have been affected, and the extent to which the recovery of the continent may not be at the speed at, at which many of the leaders would like it. Your, your own views on that? Oh, okay. No, you're absolutely correct. Um, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is a catastrophe that has uh, the whole world, uh, but in particular Africa, uh, the likes of which probably has never been seen, politically speaking. Mm. Uh, as you know, the, not just in terms of the disease burden on people and people who have lost their lives, uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, the impact on lives and livelihoods is quite uh, tremendous and overwhelming. And uh, there's cause for worry, especially in Africa, that uh, uh, the gains that were made in the past uh, 15 or so years uh, would be lost because of the impact of the pandemic, whether it's in terms of uh, uh, economic uh, crisis mm-hmm. or the overwhelming debt burden that the countries are going to be facing, uh, because they have to utilize all their resources to deal with this problem, uh, but also uh, what it has caused in the uh, disruption of uh, the economic and social lives of people uh, of the um, measures that have been taken to deal with the problem. So uh, Africa must redouble mm-hmm. its uh, mm-hmm. effort to deal with this issue as strongly and as urgently as possible, and SCBF uh, stands by uh, to support them in whichever way we can. Mm-hmm. Do we have a clear sense so far how how deep the the, the impact of COVID nineteen has been uh, across the continent in various countries? Because I think you know you, you look at countries like South Africa where there's a lot more information about the impact of COVID nineteen and you, there's a lot of reporting on it, especially in mainstream media. But we don't see the same kind of coming from uh, f- from from different countries. Yes, you are absolutely you're correct about that. Uh, even though uh, the, this is uh, a pandemic of uh, uh, extensive proportions, uh, one would expect that the information about it would abound. Uh, there are several problems here. Mm. One is that uh, the, the, uh, the ability to actually collect accurate data about uh, the extent of the disease itself uh, is not something that many countries have. And so, because for you to determine the extent of the disease burden, you'd have to have mass, you know, testing at a very high scale. And because that's how you determine how many people have been affected. And so many countries are not even testing, a, you know, a significant proportion of their population. And so the, the information is not there. That's one. The second thing is also 
communication has always been a problem, even before the pandemic. And therefore, one would not expect that these countries would be able to, uh, you know, step up to the plate and be able to uh, do, uh, step, you know, uh, increase the rate of communication and information provision that is necessary. But thankfully, the uh, African Centers for Disease Control, uh, working together with World Health Organization, are doing their best to tabulate the, uh, the, the disease burden, the number of people affected and, you know, number of deaths. Uh, but the accuracy of these numbers is a bit questionable. Mm. I believe that in many countries, these numbers are, you know, highly un- undercounted. Have we seen a broad acceptance of the fact that COVID-19 does exist and that it has spread on the continent? Because uh, we also have seen, in part, a denialism in in some countries about the extent to which COVID-19 may or may not have ended up within their borders. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the COVID-19 impact is something that we care for us. Uh, what is troubling mostly at this point in time is the fact that, that we many countries are now getting into the third wave. Uh, and uh, if you compare this with what is happening in, in other countries, especially in the West, where they have uh, undertaken massive vaccination of their people, mm-hmm. and then you see that the disease is uh, more or less uh, uh, redressing, or regressing rather, and, uh, and, and, and the opposite is, is happening in Africa which so far, in spite of the undercounting, has not been severe, as severely affected as the other part of the world. But we're now seeing a uh, ramping up of the, you know, some sort of uh, um, worry, worrisome uh, increase in, in, the, in, in the spread of the, of, the, of, of the coronavirus, which is resulting in a, a third wave. And the impact of this on the medical you know, services is something that I don't believe many African countries can handle. Mm. Uh, because first of all, their, their medical facilities are already overwhelmed. Uh, many countries are not able to provide oxygen for people, and people just died from, from lack of oxygen. And many, many um, hospitals do not even have ventilators. So it is worrisome, and if, uh, this is why all the measures that have to be put in place must be put in place, and we really urge the public to uh, basically uh, respect the the policies that have been uh, pro- uh, proposed by, by the authorities. What is going to be the priority of the finance ministers from uh, the AU member states as you, as as they meet? Uh, of course, of course, it's, uh, it's uh, the, the pandemic. It's COVID-19 pandemic because mm. every, all of them are dealing with the issue now. Uh, because whatever uh, limited resources, financial resources they have to finance uh, social development, to finance infrastructure development, to finance economic growth in general, it's now being channeled to the fight against COVID-19. So that is a major concern of there. Uh, where did they get additional resources to be able to handle this massive problem? Uh, because it is not just simply the providing the you know health you know, the risk or medical responses to the disease. It is dealing with economic disaster that it has caused and the social you know um, social crisis that their countries are facing. Uh, they've got to look at vulnerable populations and try to provide them uh, with relief, economic relief. They'll also have to find ways of dealing with the massive unemployment that this thing has caused and the number of people who have also been pushed into poverty and, 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 uh, and hunger are to deal with those kinds of problems. So for them now, the challenge is how do we get the resources? 
uh, to deal with the uh, with this uh, this, uh, this uh, you know this pandemic, and, and this is why uh, we're urging all the partners because if you remember, you saw what the U.S. did now trillions of dollars that they have pumped in to support their their population, that they, they should think in terms of uh, looking at the existing debt that African countries have and do something about that to really you know provide some relief so they can. And use the resources instead of using it to take back the debt, use it to support the economies. But that will not be enough. They'd have to also mobilize additional resources uh, through the international multilateral uh, financial institutions to be able to give African ministers ability to handle this problem. On our own part as ACBF, we will be uh, letting them know what sort of things that we are doing to support African countries in this respect, especially from the capacity uh, building dimension so that they can be able to uh, withstand this pandemic and possibly future pandemics uh, to avoid mm-hmm. the kind of disaster that they could bring upon them. Uh, so if I'm hearing you correctly, Professor uh, Nandozi, one of the things that you're saying is that there needs to be a, a mass cancellation of debt. Is that correct? Well, what I'm, I, I use the word debt relief. Yes. Uh, the cancellation, of course, is, is a very. Uh, it would be something that is, should be on the on the table as well. Uh, the reason being that the uh, one thing is it's in the interest of the global of the of the of the of the, of the uh, international community uh, for this to happen, because remember, the disease nobody is safe from the disease if the disease, the disease still exists in any part of the world. Mm. Uh, therefore, it's, uh, if you eradicate it in your country, um, you would, uh, unless it's eradicated in your neighbor, uh, in the countries that are neighboring you, or even the other countries, then you can never feel that uh, you are completely safe. And especially when you have the new uh, variants that are just coming out, that two mutation, whereby you could have stopped the existing uh, variants of the disease, uh, only to find your society overwhelmed again by a new variant that the existing um, vaccines cannot prevent uh, from affecting or infecting people. Uh, So the financial dimension of this and economic support dimension of this, uh, one more thing, of course, is uh, the issue of providing uh, vaccines for for African countries. You you can see that African countries have not even got up to 10% of their population vaccinated. Many countries don't even have vaccine at all, at all. And some of them, when they give the first dose, would wonder whether people will be able to get the second dose. And uh, so there's a lot of challenge there. This is why we welcome the G7's uh, uh, you know, pronunciation on this matter, uh, or pronouncement, excuse me, on this matter, in, in indicating that they want to give one billion doses uh, out to, to the developing world. And this is a welcome news that uh, they have to you know, speed it up so that we'll minimize the impact on lives and livelihoods. Is there anything that can be done from the different groupings of, of, of the continent to try and, I suppose, leave leave leaders a lot more empowered? Because it sounds to me that at this point, we are waiting either for some form of debt relief, we are waiting for some of the multilateral institutions to see, um, you know, given the current conditions, how much uh, money or credit they can extend to us in order to uh, be able to um, deliver on on some of the other developmental uh, issues that, that are on the agenda. 
And so it, it seems to me that we are sitting and, and, and waiting for, for a solution um, to come. And in the absence of it, um, we, we don't really have anything else. Yes, I, I agree with you completely. That that is what it appears to uh, you know what appears to be the case. Um, but I, I, it's not it's not uh, exactly true because there is a whole lot of uh, uh, action and activity going on, especially at the continental level. And uh, the president of South Africa, who who was until recently the chair of the African Union. Uh, was you know uh, leading this in, these kinds of initiatives. That is to see how Africa can actually mobilize its own internal resources and be able to do what it can with what it has. And in, in line with this, there is the plan to develop uh, vaccine production. You know, in many countries, there is also uh, some activity going in terms of you know, developing all the kinds of uh, PPPs and that are needed, things that are, whether they are medical supplies and other kinds of uh, related uh, things that can be done in the continent. So uh, let us not think that uh, Africa is just sitting down and waiting for um, for uh, for uh, help to come from uh, from outside. But as you know, when you are faced with a natural disaster, and I don't care what country you are, of such proportions, you will need help from 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 others. And, and that has proven to be true in everywhere you look at it. There's no country, even the richest country in the world, when it's faced with serious um, catastrophe or disaster, will always welcome help from, from neighbors because in the short run, what you have is not sufficient for you to deal with the problem. And it's also unanticipated. So you wouldn't say, oh, we, we, we knew it was coming. But nobody knew COVID was coming. And the countries with limited resources they had They've got to use it to solve their own economic problems. But now, uh, they're faced with this. Uh, what they have is simply not sufficient, whether it's financial or from the standpoint of uh, facilities and uh, infrastructure. What, what does it mean, what does it mean for, for, for countries going forward? Because in all likelihood, the kind of debt relief that is being asked, and, and I know there's been a lot of lobbying being done to this effect. We saw uh, African leaders being hosted by uh, the French President Emmanuel Macron within uh, the last couple of months as well as part of this effort. Uh, you know, to gain international support for this relief. But if, if history is anything to go by, even if it if it's given, it is not going to be sufficient to meet the moment. So what happens when we don't get as much relief as we want, when the kind of proposals or requests for loans are not all met? What does the future hold for the continent? Well, I think, uh, the, you know, they say, there's a saying, you should never uh, let uh, a disaster uh, go to waste. And this is exactly a, a case in point, where you have COVID-19 uh, not only causing problems and uh, devastating societies, but also provides an opportunity that countries must seize now to rethink uh, everything that they have been doing before. For example, the immediate one is, the uh, sort of uh, in so many countries that you can see on the continent, mm. if you look at the healthcare system and the medical facilities, they are just basically uh, unacceptable in the conditions that they are in terms of uh, the ability to really support the population. So the first lesson here is you have now an opportunity to say, listen, we need to pay attention to 
building human capital, uh, and number one of that being the health uh, healthcare of the population and providing healthcare professionals uh, the support that they need uh, to be able to do their job uh, in the numbers that you need them and provide the good, uh, you know, adequate facilities that will cater to the population. So that's one. The second point also is that you now look and say, uh, how can we manage our economies better so that we can uh, have enough resources should we face another uh, you know, catastrophe? Uh, like I said before, this was unexpected and unanticipated. So what would happen is, for instance, uh, the, the World Bank and uh, others are now looking at how um, African countries can draw from the special drawing rights that are unutilized uh, and use that to support their economies. Uh, there is no question that uh, everybody would have to chip in together uh, because it's a global challenge that will require a global solution. And so that's the way things are going to go. But uh, I hope that the African countries, this has if it's a wake-up call to say, if you want to prevent this from happening in the future, just like ACDF has been helping countries to build capacity for pandemic prevention and response, so that if it happens in the future, you're just not helpless. Mm. And that is something that we start to do right now uh, to avoid future pandemics, as many people have been predicting. Professor Emmanuel Nandozi, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. The Executive Secretary of the African Capacity Building Foundation. And as you heard, that meeting uh, is yet to take place. So we'll keep an eye out to hear what it is that the finance ministers uh, from countries on the continent will actually then um, agree to and how they pave a way out of this current crisis that we're facing uh, economically and the impact, of course, for development uh, on the continent, unfortunately, looks to be dire. So we're going to leave it there with that conversation for now. It's 11 o'clock. Um, Luanda Maume is standing by with the latest 11 o'clock news update.